eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and JF fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. Michael, you look fantastic. Thanks, Fitz. I'll tell you what, it is 70 degrees Mm -hmm. in February. Mm -hmm. I'm loving life, early spring. It better not get below 30 again. Oh, wait. But you are wearing pants, and I appreciate that. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. We start things off with our two minute drill. First segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Kansas was without Kevin McCuller again on Saturday, Mm -hmm. but KU was still able to take care of Texas at home in Lawrence. Michael, how key were KU's tertiary pieces, and can you give us an update on McCuller's status? Yeah, so let's start with Kevin McCuller's status here. He did not play again because of the bone bruise that he's been dealing with since probably mid-January, and he re-aggravated it against Oklahoma. Bill Self is more concerned about his long-term status um, coming back this season than he is if he's going to play on Tuesday. He is not going to play Tuesday. It sounds like something where it's going to be more week-to-week for McCullough going forward. And I think those tertiary players that you mentioned there, Fitz, are really important now. And Bill Self did something that I don't think he's ever done in his Kansas career, where he basically decided the trio of Elmarco Jackson, Jamari McDowell, and Parker Brown were going to be a trio and play together. So they subbed in at the same time, they subbed out at the same time. And man, Fitz, that really helped KU a bunch. You look at KU being without McCullough, and you'd think that it would result in, you know, DeWan Harris, Johnny Furphy, Hunter Dickinson playing 38 plus minutes. Well, because those other guys played so well, those guys only played about 32 or 33 minutes a piece. That's much more sustainable for KU down the home stretch of Big 12 play. And you got to give credit to someone like Elmarco Jackson, who looked 
so much more comfortable in his role in this game than he has, I think, at any point during Big 12 play. Nick Timberlake, too. This is someone that has had some up and down games. He's had some positive moments and some dire moments. And this was a game full of positive moments for him. He had an incredible dunk that is up there with the Wayne Selden Baylor dunk, the Ochai Abaji dunk against TCU, Jamari Trailer against Texas. It was an incredible play from him. And he's someone that is going to be key for KU down the home stretch if Kevin McCullough can't play. KU needs his shooting. They need what he offers in terms of gravity when he does get going. Because when he's playing like that, it makes life of Hunter Dickinson so much easier. And he was incredible on Saturday. He's someone that I think is just flying under the radar with how consistent he has been this season. He has been everything Kansas <clears throat> wanted from him and more. He's going to be key for KU down the stretch. But overall, Fitz, this was a pretty complete yeah. team performance from KU. They'll play BYU on Tuesday, but I'd say the real next test is going to come on Saturday at Baylor. If KU can replicate that type of performance, it's going to make you feel pretty good about their outlook going into the postseason. Just when we've come to learn that Bill Self is playing chess when other coaches are playing checkers, all of a sudden he starts playing hockey. <laughs> I don't even know how to put that into words. I, the line change is just brilliant, amazing. It really is. Well, Fitz, K-State needed a win, and the Wildcats got one on Saturday against BYU. What was the difference about the Wildcats' performance this time compared to the last couple weeks? It was good. They played well. Mm -hmm. uh, look, K-State did a few things differently, and it started at the point where uh, they started the game uh, with the freshman Day-Day Ames not just on the floor, but really handling the ball a little bit more and distributing to his teammates, in this case, Tyler Perry. So Tyler was able to come off uh, some screens and get some you know, catch-and-shoot threes that are his game, but he's been handling the ball so much and asked to kind of create his own shot. If it's not clear now that he can't do that, I don't know what you need for evidence. But the other big reason K-State played so well was Arthur Kaluma absolutely dominated this game. He had 28 points, and he had those 28 with about five minutes left when it became a free-throw contest, and the guards started scoring a bunch of points because they were handling the ball. K-State attacked BYU. And this has been another thing I've thought K-State needed to do. Quit letting the defense get set up. Run. Uh, get down to the court. Because let's be blunt here. At this point, we know this fairly well. K-State's not a good half-court offense team. They're just not. So get down there, get the defense in flux, and attack the rim. In fact, there's a couple plays in the game that were really notable where Kaluma would take the rebound, turn and go, and take it all the way to the rim, either scoring or drawing a foul. I I'm telling you what, Arthur Kaluma has an upside that he hasn't really been meeting, and on Saturday against BYU, he did that. And Kansas State looked so much better from wire to wire. And what's the best evidence of this? BYU never led. K-State led for all about 90 seconds of this game when it was tied. K-State looked good at the start, and they carried it through to the end. And that's something they haven't done at all this season. Now, we all know that they looked pretty decent a few weeks back when they beat Kansas in Bramwich Coliseum, but this, in many ways, was a more sustained effort. They just didn't have those breakdowns and let-ups that they've had in almost every game this season. And meanwhile, uh, they just really got some great play from some guys that they've needed that from. Here's the most amazing stat. This team that has shot so dreadfully poor from three-point range was 7 of 15 from three. And I think the most amazing number there is they only shot 15 of them because they've shot up to like 30 and you know made, maybe made less than seven. So great performance. They needed that. West Virginia Monday night, that's going to help.
Yeah, quick turnaround too, right, yep. Fitz? I think that's going to be Third really row. interesting to see how they're able to do it because these quick turnarounds, they're tough yep. for any team in the Big 12. Yeah, it's an advantage to get to do it at home, so you get to sleep in your own bed. True. The Big 12 title race took another turn on Saturday as Houston beat Baylor in overtime in Waco. Michael, is this race over? Fitz, it kind of feels like it. Yeah. It kind of feels like it. Houston has been so good. And if you look at the last kind of stretch for them in the Big 12, this Baylor game was kind of the one where if they're going to stumble. It kind of feels like this was going to be the one because Houston still has to go on the road to play Oklahoma. We'll get our picks on that game later. But I don't have a lot of confidence in Oklahoma's ability to beat this Houston team. You know, Houston had some struggles on the road, right, early in the season, losing at Iowa State, at TCU, losing at Kansas. It feels like they've kind of gotten used to what to expect maybe in the Big 12 on the road on a more consistent basis, and they've been able to match that level. And that's what, you know, Big 12 champions do, right, Fitz? We've seen it from Kansas for how many years now where the ability to have that level you have at home be so high, but then the ability to match that on the road. And look, you could probably talk about Baylor in this one, you know, not necessarily being able to see it out, but you got to give credit to Houston and they have been uh, a team that has played like Big 12 champions, I think for most of this season and they're definitely playing up to that standard. Yeah, it's really impressive what they've done because you, you nailed it. Uh, what we thought would happen with Houston did happen. They got into the Big 12, they went on the road, they got uh, slapped upside the head a few times when they found out that, no, it's not easy to win on the road but they got it together. They adjusted to that. This is a wildly talented team. And um, I, I say this with all respect to Kansas, they have been the most dominant team at home totally. in this conference. And it's it's hard to imagine that not being Kansas. Uh, but here we are, they're kind of running away. They've got a schedule that they should be able to take care of this. Yes, it ends with Kansas. They've got a two game lead on Kansas. And I'm not sure if anyone's capable of uh, handing this team two losses open up the door for an Iowa State maybe to sneak in and win. We'll see how it all plays out. But Houston is getting it done, and they this was a big one. This was one that if you're Kansas, Iowa State, or even Texas Tech, you had to have them lose this yep. one. And they didn't lose it because that's what good teams do. They win the ones that need to win. Here's the thing, too, Fitz. I think all of us want that last game of the season, Kansas-Houston, to have some stakes. Yep. I kind of wonder with Kevin McCullough's injury if it's going to have a type of impact now where, mm. hey, maybe KU's focused on going forward wow. in the postseason. I thought about so. that. Yeah, they're two games back. Just set them down. I mean, look, whatever. I, they're going to be a, a bye. They're going to be in that first four bye. So, I don't know. T- now take a quick look at your poll questions. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right. Last week's question was, who should win Big 12 Coach of the Year? And TJ Altsberger was the runaway winner. He finished with 64% of the vote. Kelvin Sampson finished with 25%. And then Texas Tech's Grant McCaslin got 11% of the vote. Here's this week's question. Who should win the Big 12 Player of the Year? Your four Choices are Jamal Shedd of Houston, Kishan Gilbert of Iowa State, Hunter Dickinson, KU, and Jacoby Walter. We had it something else that was kind of humorous. Uh, Baylor uh, typos. I love typos because I do them all the time. I embrace them. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. But we'll be right back with more and KU and K-State here on the Drive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And we are back and we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Kansas football is going to start spring practice in a few weeks and we'll have a few new staff members working with the team. What are you looking for during spring ball this year? Yeah, Fitz, we talked a little bit about spring games and how maybe uninteresting they are. I think spring ball for Kansas this year is going to be really fascinating. There are three new position coaches. KU has a new offensive line coach, a new cornerbacks coach and co-defensive coordinator, and a new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how these coaches mesh with the players because you're looking at some of these position groups where DK McDonald is taking over KU's cornerbacks room that returns Kobe Bryant and Melo Dotson, two guys that have been around and have some stake in the program, guys that have been around. I'm fascinated to see how that dynamic goes. Will DK McDonald bring new drills to the table that maybe these guys didn't do under Jordan Peterson? I think offensively, how Jeff Grimes calls a game, how these offensive players get more comfortable with the way that Grimes wants to run an offense, even if the you know in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be very similar offense to what KU has run in the past. And so I think for KU, there's so much to look for in every spring practice where there's obviously the coach player dynamic. There are certain positions like defensive line and like linebacker where KU needs players to step up. Someone like Dylan Brooks, who transferred in from Auburn last offseason, he's got to have a big spring practice because KU lost Austin Booker to the NFL draft. And at linebacker, KU loses guys like Rich Miller and Craig Young, and they need young players like a Jason Gilliam to step up and do fill those shoes. And then you look on offense, the offensive line is going to have a lot of new faces. Dominic Pooney could be a, a second-round draft pick. We'll see how he does at the NFL Combine this week, but there are going to be some new guys. Bryce Cable do his back. Michael Ford is back, Kobe Baines is back, but there's a good chance that you know Shane Baumgartner coming in as a D2 transfer could win the starting job at center. The left tackle job is going to be wide open. Fitz, you know, there's a lot of talk about KU returning all this talent and being able to compete for the Big 12 title. There are some fascinating things to watch unfold during spring practice, and I think for this program, it's going to be really important because after this season, KU loses so much. This is a huge spring for some of those young players, too, who are in their first or second year of the program. Can they start to take those big strides to make the coaches feel better about some of those big-time players that are leaving after the 2024 season? One sure sign that your football program has been rolling, doing good, proving something, you get your coaching staff rated, and that's what's happening now in Lawrence, and it's it's kind of the next big test for Lance Leipold to see if he can perpetuate it, and I think he will. Totally. I totally agree, Fitz. Well, K-State football named Clint Brown its director of roster management last week. So, Fitz, why do you think this move is so important yeah. for K-State? I think this is a really good move. First of all, Clint Brown was, for the past two seasons, Kansas State's uh, offensive quality control analyst, which means he basically scouted the K-State offense to try to make it better because he's a defensive coach. Um, and now he moves into this new role. And it's a role K-State has really needed. I think everyone has to have it, and I imagine a lot of programs have it, no matter what the fancy title might be. Clint Brown now is in that position between the recruiting staff and the coaching and the head coach. 
and he is in charge of managing that roster because right now this isn't about just recruiting it's about the transfer portal players going and players coming uh, and there's so much upheaval in a roster at the end of the season it's impossible for a coach or the recruiting staff to handle it so now they've got someone in the middle uh, in the point of coach brown that uh, will handle all of this one of the things I hope that comes out of this has been a, a kind of a personal thing that I've wanted for K-State in a while. To be quicker, to be more agile with transfer portal offers. And K-State's kind of done the honorable thing in that they do a thorough scout and then they offer a coach but or a player, but that's not how you need to do it, unfortunately. You need to take a quick look at a player. Is he at a position we need? Does he answer some of these questions? Yes. Here's your offer. And I'm talking within hours of that player getting into the transfer portal. Because players remember. Players remember when you did make that offer. Oh, you were within 10 minutes of me going into the portal. I appreciate that. Oh, it took you three days. It took you a week. Well, you must not be that interested. That may not be the reality of what's going on, but that's how players feel about it. So the schools that have been winning the portal have made these quick offers. Then they go back and do their due diligence. These schools offer a lot of players at the end of the day they don't really want and they just disengage with them. And that's hopefully what K-State will move to because roster upheaval in college football is the name of the game now. Whether it's NIL or anything else, players are coming and going and someone needs to be in charge and K-State's got their guy. Yeah, if it's these college football programs are really becoming like NFL organizations, right? Yeah. You have like, for KU, the general manager is Rob Ionello and he looks over the recruiting side. And then he's also liaison for Lance Leipold and the coaching staff. And then there's also the strength staff. So uh, these college football programs are really kind of three-pronged right now. And you need someone to kind of help oversee it all to help that coach. It's crazy what's going on. Mm. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darris Corner Market. We love local. And we're local for you. All right. Court stormings are back in the news after Wake four students. Uh, rushed the court after beating Duke on Saturday, leaving a Duke player injured. So Fitz, should court storming be banned? Let's discuss this topic. I, I'm not sure how you ban it, first mm, of all. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do a much better job than what Wake did. They, they had students waiting at the end of the court with no security barrier between them and the court. Those fans are on the court before the clock has expired. This isn't like football where the clock runs out at the end of the game and you know, after you kneel on it and fans come on. This is still during the game. The ball is in play. Uh, look, they got on there so fast. The Duke players were just kind of inundated and someone tripped. And I don't know that the injury was that bad. Or if uh, this was another Caitlin Clark, I, I'm more hurt than I really am. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, a player was hurt. Fans shouldn't be making contact with players. But Michael, this is this is what I found interesting. Yeah. In 2015, Kansas State had a stork storming incident, and court storming incident, in which fans did make contact with the KU players, called the Great Chicken Wing. And um, you know what? They they went to a new system after that. They rope off the benches. They they protect that area. It's like their fort. Uh, John Curry was the AD at K-State when that happened. You'd think he'd learn a lesson from that because he's the AD at Wake Forest who had absolutely no security to stop the court storming. Bizarre. Yeah, if it's someone that covers Kansas, you, you kind of see this happen. Yeah. When Kansas loses on the road. Typically, it's ranked. Typically, court is stormed. I've seen a lot of different ways for it to happen. I think K-State's way is really good. It protects the players. And look, Bill Self, you got to give him some credit for this too. Subbing out 
the star players that Kansas has to have bench guys on the floor, and they are told specifically to stay by the bench, to get off the court as quickly as possible. I think there is a lot of different people that need to hold responsibility for things like this, right? The athletic directors, I think the security there, and I think the coaches too. I think everyone's got to be on the same page and understand what the protocol is, and that's the thing. There's no protocol, so nobody knows what to expect. Exactly. I don't know how you stop it. They're talking about stopping it. How do you stop it? Um, And plus, we get court stormings here. They're studio stormings. And the fans (laughs) just line up and rush in at the end. The show's not even over. It's annoying. But it's, it's great to be the winner, though. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Here is our fan question. The Kansas women beat K-State on Sunday. Should the Jayhawks be in the NCAA tournament field? And that is from Doug in Lawrence. Yeah, thanks, Doug. I was there today, and look, K played really, really well. Uh, Samaya Nichols is a star player for Kansas. She's a true freshman, scored 22 points. She was the best player on the floor. And look, K-State did not play at their best. And I think this KU team probably needs maybe one more win. They play UCF midweek and then obviously the Big 12 tournament. I think one more regular season Big 12 win and maybe a Big 12 tournament win. I think that should do it. You know, KU's got some big time wins at home over Baylor and Kansas State. They played a really tough schedule. I think this team deserves to be in the NCAA tournament if they can get two of those wins, like I mentioned. If I'm correct, only three teams have beaten uh, K-State with Lee on the floor this mm-hmm. year, and KU's one of them. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now let's take a look at the predictions. Our predictions are brought to you by Kites. Meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went two and one. I went three and zero. Oh. Michael went one and two. So his late season I'm, surge ended. I'm so bad at this. It's insane. But college basketball is so hard to pick. That's what I'll say. I, I have no idea. I usually stink at this. And this year I know what I'm doing. Huh. Now, let's get going with this week's picks, and we're going to start Kansas at Baylor. And we've put Baylor in as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Do the Bears win by six or more at home? I think so. KU's not won in Waco since 2020. It's going to be a really tough game for KU. I think Baylor wins by seven, to be exact. Uh, well, I'm going to take KU because i got, like, five points to play with. Baylor can win by five, and I can still get mm. the cover. I love it. That's fair. Well, next up is K-State at Cincinnati. we got Cincinnati as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I will also take the home team to cover. And uh, I don't know, I, Cincinnati's fading, man. Uh, they're, they're fading fast. K-State will desperately need a road win if they win Monday against West Virginia. This game becomes huge. I think K-State wins this game, but I still like the points to get a little cover there. And again, uh, let's go with the final game. Houston at Oklahoma. We got Houston as a nine and a half point road favorite. Oh man, Michael, does, does OU defend their home court? 
I'm going to take the home team to cover again, and I don't feel good about it, but I'm taking it. <laughs> I think Houston wins by 10 or more. I'm going with all road teams. I'm living on the edge. I don't know. Again, make your predictions on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 And now let's get to our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Local himself, Michael Suena, Fog.net. Well, Fitz, the NFL Draft Combine is this week, and, and KU has two guys in Dominic Pooney and Austin Booker who will be there. Fitz, there's a good chance KU can have its first day one or day two NFL draft pick since Aqib Tlaib wow. in 2008. Both Austin Booker and Dominic Pooney right now are kind of projected in that second or third round range. This is a huge week for those guys, obviously wishing them well in Indianapolis. And, and they're two really great guys to cover. So I'm definitely rooting for both of them. I'm going to pick up on that f- from you because uh, I just got the credential request for the Big 12 Combine, which will take place in Frisco um, later in March. Uh, and this is the entire conference. Like every team would, school would have their own little combine, a pro day. And now they've shut that down and said, we're going to do it all in one place, do it all together. And Michael, I really like this. And this is huh. something that Brett Yormark's brought to the table. And I had one Big 12 official say, he comes in with some really nutty ideas. Some things that you're like, oh, that doesn't, no, we can't do that. But when he said this, everyone looked at each other like, why haven't we been doing this? This makes so much sense to ensure all of our guys get the kind of exposure because all the scouts can just come into Frisco and see them all at once. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.